Well, good morning. Let's get organized. Oh, yes, we'll come to that. Um, we have an eagle-eyed usher, and our eagle-eyed usher noticed some prescription eye drops on the floor. So if you have lost any prescription eye drops, they are on this chair afterwards. Okay. Anybody ever been on an aeroplane? Anybody ever flown in an aeroplane? Anybody ever been on a journey that includes a stopover? Oh, quite a few. Anybody ever been on a flight that had an additional unexpected stopover mid-flight? Yeah, that's not so good. Well now, what are we going to be looking at? Well, we shall see. But before we do, I just want to thank the worship team for leading us in worship. They didn't say anything that we haven't heard before. But to me, and I don't know about you, it brought out the truth of what we were singing in a very real and dynamic way. It enhanced the worship. So thank you, worship team. Um, more imaginative waves, but it was just bringing the truth home to us so that we could sing it and we hear scripture and we can applaud it because, it's, because God is worth applauding. And by the way, I think I've said it before and probably other people have, when we clap at the end of a song, I'm sorry musicians, I'm not clapping you. You're doing a good job, but I couldn't, you know, I'm not clapping you. That's the one I'm clapping. So let me encourage us that when we are declaring God's truth, we can do that. He doesn't mind. In fact, I believe he welcomes it. The trees are going to be clapping their hands in heaven, so let's get used to it, friends. Yay. Now, the only problem is the worship team have already given us two sermons. Plus, they're making snide comments about my accent. So, well, my sermon's going to be longer than yours. Um, if you're, a vis- what? if you're a visitor to this, joke, this church, we like to have a bit of fun. It's okay. We're not arguing with each other. We're having some fun. It's okay to have fun as a Christian. Well, now, if you're in a home group, good. If you're not, doesn't matter. Um, but you've been doing, some of the home groups are going through this book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And one of the chapters is all about going back in order to go forwards. And then I understand the next chapter is you hit a wall. I haven't quite got to that yet. But you have to go back in our lives to see what influences we've had that can affect us now. Um, And we were discussing this, and somebody said, if I remember right, in our home group a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, well, yeah, it's it's good to look at the things that might be hindering us from the past, but we don't want to dwell there. And that's right. And that that registered something in my brain. I've still got a little bit of a brain left, and something sort of went ding, and I thought, hmm, yes, I like that, that there are influences that we need to be aware of. But we don't want to dwell there. We don't want to live in them. And that's what I want us to think about this morning. What on earth has it got to do with flights and stopovers. Well, we will see. We will see. But I'd like to pray, and then I'm going to read part of Psalm 22. Lord, open your word to us this morning. We pray that you will be here among us. We thank you that we've been able to worship you, 
and we believe in a measure of spirit and in truth, declaring who you are, declaring that you died, Lord Jesus, but that you rose again, and we will sing your songs forever, for 10,000 years and forevermore. Lord, you're such a gracious God. This morning we ask that you will open our eyes and our hearts to receive your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. And by the way, if you're wondering where Pastor John is, he's preaching today, I think it's at Fishkill Baptist, which is, I think, the church that his mum goes to. So that's why he's not here. Um, so we can get away with all sorts of things. <laughs> no. Um, well, <laughs> well now, Psalm 22. It's a bit heavy, some of it. My God, this is David. David, the guy who was, who, who's, he had a heart for God. And this is David at one of his not-so-good moments. He had lots of those. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you don't answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet, You are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. Huh. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Wow. And there's, there's more that follows on. There's David. And he starts off saying, God, you're not there for me. Where are you? Why have you forsaken me? What's gone wrong? Why am I like this? I'm not. I'm scorned. People are making fun of me. They're pulling me apart and you don't seem to care. Hmm. Have we ever had that sort of experience? I want us to imagine that life is a bit like a flight, an aeroplane flight. Now, when you buy your ticket, you've got a destination. That's where you want to get to. You may have a stopover uh, for an hour, a couple of hours, a few hours to catch a different plane or, or whatever. You go to the stopover, but you don't stay there. You go on another plane, and eventually you get to the destination. Now, you think, oh, right, his destination is heaven. Well, yes, it is, yes and no. The destination I want to think of is living as God wants us to here and now. In other words, reaching up and grasping hold of heaven and pulling as much of heaven down to live on earth as we come. We can't do it all. But as you know, the truth that we have already heard this morning, and we're going to hear some more of, um, it's that that we need to try and grasp hold of to, to live down on this earth. So that's our destination, not just heaven, but living in the fullness and the goodness of what God has for us now. Okay. So, where do we go with flights and destinations? Well, let's have a look, first of all, at Joshua. Now, here's a destination. This was the children of Israel. 
uh, and they've just arrived. They've arrived at last in the promised land. Now, if that's a bit small for you, and we've lost the bottom line, I will read it. Uh, I will read it to... Oh, no, we haven't lost the bottom line. I'm just looking at the back, not the front. It's all there. Good. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build and you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. This is where they got to. This is their destination. Geographical. Now, well, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors that they worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served before beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites is whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So God had provided a geographical destination for his people, the Israelites. They passed through many stopovers, They'd had many stopovers in their 40 years of wandering, and now here they are. This is their home, this side of glory. Now, being good, like Christians, they wanted to turn back at times. Um, They stopped over on the journey. They stopped over in idolatry, unbelief, self-pity, and they suffered for it. Those were some negative stopovers And there was something trying to pull them back time and time again. Oh, why are we out in this desert? Oh, it's so awful. Let's go back to Egypt. Really? What were you doing in Egypt? You were slaves. You were oppressed. You had no freedom. They wanted to go back to what they knew, even though it wasn't very pleasant. Yet God was saying, move on. You don't have to live there anymore. I have something much better for you. Don't settle for the stopover. Don't settle for the stopover. You have a choice, God is saying. And Joshua um, clearly put that. If you, you know, choose you this day whom you will serve. Move on with God or give in to the past. Move on with God or give in to the past. And this is where it ties up with what I was saying in our home groups discussions. Um, and stopovers are things which come to us from time to time. Now, what are these, some of these stopovers? Well, there's some. Nobody's going to welcome those. But they come to us. And at the beginning, the title was No Stopover Flights Available. Okay? No Stopover... No. No, what was it? <laughs> it was No Direct Flights no direct flights available. Oh dear. <coughs> Who put this guy up here? Um, no direct flights available. Anybody on a. If anybody say, well, my life so far has been a direct flight, I haven't had any stopovers at all. No, not many. Oh, one or two hands. Yeah, but not many. So most of us would say, yeah. Been there, one or more of those, or something like that. Stuff that happens which may be painful or difficult. So there's the idea of having to stop over, stop off somewhere in our lives that perhaps we hadn't anticipated. A few years ago, before we moved over to the States, we used to visit and we were flying home on one occasion from Newark back to Heathrow in London. um, And about... Hour, hour and a half into the flight, it was a night flight, there was some sort of 
thump in the plane, some sort of thump. And then a few minutes later, you know, the captain came on the intercom, and they're nice, you know, they're nice, pleasant, reassuring, no problems. You know. Oh, yes, you might have heard that, um, that, that noise. Yeah, we're not sure what it is. It could be some... <laughs> Could, could be, could be some, um, something shifted in the hole. We're, we're just going to drop down into Boston and we'll check it out. So we had an unexpected stopover. That unexpected, oh, we'll just pop down and check it out, turned into a whole weekend stuck in a hotel in the middle of nowhere. The airline couldn't rustle up another plane for us. They couldn't find out what the problem was. Oh, everything's working fine, but we're just going to check it out. I don't know what it was, but we had an unpleasant stopover for a whole weekend. There was nothing there. The weather was awful. It was in the middle of nowhere. Boredom personified. (laughs) You don't want to live in a stopover. But they sometimes happen to you. Um, It may be unexpected, but you didn't buy a ticket for any of those. It wasn't what you intended. It wasn't what you, you came into the, the world for. But we found us there with little choice. And sometimes some of these things can be so all-embracing and they change how we see everything. Now, when some of these come along, we may be totally innocent. Or we may bear some of the responsibility ourselves. Let's be reasonable. But it's a stopover. It's unwelcome. It's unavoidable. And what do you do when you're in that sort of situation? Well, when we were in our weekend stopover, we were asking questions, trying to get to the airline help desk. What's happening? You know, when do we get a plane out? Can't you get a plane to us? And they couldn't get another plane to us for a whole weekend. I was not impressed. Um, we ask questions. And when we're in a stopover that's difficult, when something in our lives that comes that it hurts, that's difficult, what do we do? We ask questions. What did David do? He asked questions. And I wonder what sort of questions we might ask. They might be something like this. That's really what David was saying, isn't it? Where was God? Why have you forsaken me? David said. How on earth, how dare he talk to God like that? Did he get told off for it? Did he get called out? Well, no record of that. You see, God wants us to tell it like it is. God encourages us to talk to him and ask questions. His stopover, David's stopover, was desolation, abandonment, injustice, ridicule, injustice. And so this psalm is a bit like a lament, a lament. We don't often talk about lamenting. But it's a good thing to do, to wail out our pain to God. There was another time when David lost his son, Absalom. And he said, oh, my son, Absalom, my son, oh, my son, my son. And he lamented the loss of Absalom. We need to lament stuff that hurts and not try and push it away. We need to face it. It's part of the healing process. There's a lament here in David's psalm. We got that, didn't we? He didn't hold back from crying out to God. And we can do the same. When we arrive at one of these stopovers, we can lament where we're at. But the thing was with David, he didn't stay there. Because then interspersed with his desperation and his desolation and his his abandonment, he says, yet you brought me out of the womb. From birth I was cast on you. You have been my... Uh, from my mother's womb you have been my God and he goes on later on and say you Lord do not be far from me you are my strength 
So he goes through the pain of the loss and the abandonment, but he doesn't stay there. He then, as it were, reclaims faith and trust in his God, and he moves on. That's not easy to do. But he doesn't stay there, he moves on. And that's the important thing that God wants us to do. He didn't allow his predicament to control him. He didn't allow his predicament to control him. He took off. Did he get answers to the questions? Don't think so. Did all his troubles instantly disappear? No. Did everything work out well? Well, no. Some things worked out okay, but other things didn't. He was always going to have battles and, and violence in his family. So it wasn't all, as we say in England, beer and skittles. I don't know whether you have that expression here. That's, that's to do with fun. I know I keep talking about beer, but that, that's, that's to do with sort of fun and enjoyment. You go down the pub and you drink a beer and play skittles, sort of like tempin bowling. Um, life is not like that. Life is sometimes full of stopovers, too many of them. But David was still able to trust God, and at the end of this psalm, we get, and, and as we go through that psalm, we get his declaration of trust in God. And what's more, he made sure that everybody knew it. Because he would say, I will declare the Lord's goodness. I will. I will not hold back. Yes, I have been in difficult circumstances. Yes, I thought he left me. Yes, I didn't understand what was going on. But I will declare the goodness of God. And his faith won through. Not because he was a particularly brilliant guy, but because he trusted in God. What about us? Yep, sometimes it's like that. There was another guy, Job. You know Job probably. The guy who lost his family, he lost his possessions, he lost everything. And there were his so-called friends who told him basically he must have sinned, so that's why God was punishing him. They were wrong. Um, And in the end... God vindicated him. But part through this suffering, and this was not when his suffering finished, this was when he was still in the middle of his pain and his loss, he said, yet though he slay me, yet I will trust him. What a declaration of faith from someone in desperate circumstances. I don't care what happens, I will trust God. Wow, does that not glorify God? And is that not what God would have us do and how us to have our mindset? Now, I'm not saying it's easy. And if you're in the middle of, of grief or divorce or pain or loss, I'm not saying, oh, cheer up, just praise God. Just say praise the Lord, you'll be fine. Wave your hand in there. I'm not saying that. It ain't easy. It's painful. It's difficult. It's hard. It's, it's, it's ambiguous. Well, God, you're supposed to protect me, yet this has happened. Why this? Why not that? There aren't answers. But what I'm saying is, Can we with David be determined to say, I will declare God's goodness? Can we with Job say, even though he slay me, I will still trust him? Now, when the evil one hears that, what does he do? He's not too happy. When God hears that, one of his saints saying, I don't care what happens, I will trust God. That glorifies God. And I guess it must put a little smile on God's face. Yeah, I know God is spirit, but you you know what I mean. It glorifies God. So where will you stay? Are we going to just get bogged down in our stopovers? Or are we going to seek to take off again towards that final destination? Or are we going to stay in the pain or difficulty? 
do we sometimes dwell there? Mm, coming back to that comment right at the beginning, it's easy to get stuck. And I'm not criticizing anybody, it's, we're complex beings and getting through stuff is not easy. But what is our aim, what is our goal, what have we got our eyes fixed on? Um, most of you know that some years ago we lost our, one of our sons. Um, and it would have been easy to have stayed in that loss. But as far as I'm concerned, I acknowledge that loss, and boy, it was painful, it still is, but I refuse to be defined by it, and I will not let that control me. That's not playing down my son's value at all. It's saying, yes, this stopover hit us, it was unexpected, it was very unwelcome, some of you have been there as well. But I will not be defined by that. I will not live there by God's grace. Not because I'm particularly brilliant, but I can't be brilliant because I'm British, but because God is good and God has a way through these things. Not easy, but that was my determination. It still is. Sadly, folks sometimes struggle to get through pain and loss. And that's why whatever stopovers you've had, maybe you can help someone else who is in that stopover now. Now... So far, we've talked about big, significant issues of pain and loss. Okay? And the stopover is like at a great big international airport, like the one we had at Boston. You know, we took off and landed at Boston. Big airport, big city. Sometimes, I want, well, I want to introduce a second lot of stopovers, which are all like small regional airfields. You know, the middle town near airstrip or whatever it is. And uh, do I hesitate to put these up? No, I don't. Well, I do in a way. Here's some tiny little stopovers. Ooh, we don't. We can't. We can't identify with any of those, can we? No, nobody ever upsets us. We don't take offence. You know, I'm interested to know, and I'm not going to ask, but the number of people who've said to me, and this is not just in this church, okay? have said, I feel like an outsider. I would be interested to know how many of us feel like outsiders because we look at a church and there's usually an in-group. This is not a criticism, it's a comment. Of people who think, oh, they're the long-standing, they're the pillars of the church, they, they do all the work, they, make, they give all the money, fantastic. Oh, I've only just come, or I'm on the outskirts, so I feel an outsider. Um, and if we're not careful, these things can become stopovers where we get stuck. You see what I mean? These are little small regional airfields. They're not major international ones because major international stopovers are big, it's big stuff. This is small fry in comparison. And these are not things that I've necessarily heard here. So I'm not, if, if any preacher preaches to an individual, in their sermon, they are abusing the place of preaching. I'm not doing that, okay? I'm not saying, oh, I heard so-and-so in this church, so I'm going to preach that against that. No. I'm talking about comments generally that I've heard in churches, most of which are in the UK, over 40, 50, 60 years. So this is not directed at any individual in this church. Be very clear. If you feel it fits you, fine. But that's not my intention. It is not direct, it is not deliberately prodding at people in this church. They are comments that we often hear from Christians or non-Christians. 
And when people feel unhappy about a church, it's often linked to superficial things like this, and yet they can sometimes control us. Yeah, I did say superficial. You look at most of those things. Who's in the centre? I am. I didn't like that. He upset me. She said this to me. He ignored me, or whatever it is. They're hypocrites. I'm much better than them. That's the implication. It puts me in the middle. And that's where the problem is, I believe. I can choose to take offence. There'll be plenty to take offence. People are going to offend us. We can choose to take offence. It's there for the taking. I know Pastor John said that before. We can choose to be offended if we want to be. We can choose to feed off hurt or not. We can choose to let those feelings of isolation or whatever sway us or not. We can choose to hold on to a status or not. Am I going to dwell there or move on? We have a choice. You see, quite honestly, my answer to most of these stopovers is, so what? What do you expect? Are you any different? Are you any better? Am I any different? Am I any better? Um, He offended me. Well, of course people are going to offend people. We're we're fallen human beings. Um, So what? Does that mean, oh, I'm not... I'm going to stop believing in God. Well, it's amazing how people, sometimes we can just separate ourselves because somebody's upset us or somebody said something or the music was too loud or it wasn't loud enough or the song was too new or the song was too old or the guitar was off or whatever it may be. And we let these things get in the way. We stop over these airfields and we're not careful. We stay there and let that determine how we look at things. So... Any of these things, well, so what? And, yes, I mean, you know, quite honestly, Karen and I have got a right to feel like outsiders because we are outsiders. We're the wrong race, we're the wrong accent, we're in the wrong country. And um, we don't feel bad about it, but, you know, we're outsiders. So what? Does it stop me going to church? Don't think so. Can we honestly look God in the face and justify hanging on to this stuff? Can we honestly look God in the face and justify hanging on to any of this stuff? And yet, sometimes we do it. Let's move on in one way, more than one way. So, you know, let's get over ourselves. (laughs) This is not a pointed comment at any specific individual. It is group, everybody, including me. If we find ourselves at one of these silly little regional airfields, get over yourself. It's not about you. It's about that scripture. Since then, you have been raised with... Have you been raised with Christ? Amen. Amen. Well, okay. If you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Who cares about whether somebody upset me or gave me a funny look? I'm going to fix my eyes on what's above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And my mind, I want to set on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. You died to all this stuff. We died to it. The old nature, the has, has been, power of it has been broken. You died and our life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Well, in the light of that, how on earth can we hold on to some of the other stuff? Where do these stopovers rank in comparison with this truth? Nowhere. Seriously, Nowhere. So, some questions to ask ourselves. 
Have I been raised with Christ? Is he my life? And if you're not sure about what that's on about, then see somebody afterwards. Does this scripture register anything? Does it mean anything to me? You see, this is like a description of our destination. I know it sounds like a destination when we get to heaven, but, but because of what is in store for heaven, because our life is hid with Christ, as I was saying earlier, let's try and pull that down to live our, our lives on this earth in the light of that. So we set our hearts and our minds. It doesn't mean we've sort of got our heads in the clouds and just don't live a normal life. But it means that our mindset is one of glory, is one of salvation, is one of sanctification, is one of uh, setting our hearts and minds on Jesus. So why on earth do we sometimes settle for a stopover when there's a glorious destination waiting for us? Let's not settle for less. And just as a little warning, now this is a... This is my version of Joshua's that verse. Choose you this day whom you will serve. If the Lord is God, serve him. But if you and your feelings or preferences are that precious, then serve him. It's just trying to ram home the point to me and to, to, to us. Um, okay. If you want to go your way, go your way. But Joshua said, as for me, what comes next? As for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And that's where it's at. Are we going to serve the Lord? Here's a challenge. What will I decide? Where do I go from here? A few weeks ago when I was preaching, I used the illustration of a chess game. Um, Because I often play chess with my son or one of my grandkids when we're with them. Um, And in chess, somebody moves and then you'll move. You've got a situation, you can look at it, and you've got to react to it. And it's a bit like, as I said then, God is saying to us, okay, what are you going to do? It's your move. Ball's in your court. How will we respond? As for me, Joshua says, I will serve the Lord. So this morning is the morning just to sort of say, what is the foundation of my life? To look at the foundation. If you've been doing the book, that we're doing in the home groups, you will be looking at, or you will have looked at, the whole question of how do I deal with negative stuff in the past? Because one way or another, our backgrounds are broken and fallen, and we picked up stuff from those which can be debilitating. Stuff from the stopovers that's still with us. Um, And one way or another, God wants us to work through those things and not be bound by them and not live in them. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord, Joshua said. And let's put it back into context, that when all is said and done, this is what it's about. The man on a cross 2,000 years ago, a man in a tomb 2,000 years ago. The cross and the tomb are empty. They're vacant. Jesus didn't stay there. We need not stay there either. Why? Well, that man is alive. That man is alive and I am alive in him. This is our destination. This is our destination. Our life in Christ. And in the light of that, some of these other things will fall away.
So when our life in Christ is where we live, preferences and feelings cannot reign. You know, things go against my preference sometimes. You know, I might prefer that we do do this or that we don't do that. Probably some of you prefer to sit on pews rather than chairs. Okay, that's not a problem. We got chairs. Fine. It's not about me. It's not about my preferences. It's not about my choice. It's not about what I like. It's about the goodness and the greatness of God. And that is far bigger. So a final thought. And we're going to have an early morning this morning so you can chat and pray and do all sorts of things. A final thought. Really, that's the challenge. Let's leave what we need to leave and go on. Pastor John has spent a lot of time preaching about moving on and putting aside things which are not helping us as a church because of the, you know, some of you know the shady background of the church. Okay, that has an effect. Let's put those things aside. Let's not live in them. Let's not be affected by them more than we have to be. And let's move on. Let's go on. Let's not stop off and stay at the stopovers but let's go on into Christ. Not just waiting to get to glory, but here and now. Here's our King. Here's our Lord. Here's our life. Let's serve him as Joshua decided. Let's be aware of the other stuff. Let's not pretend, oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't have any problems in my family or in my past. Everything's been so easy for me. Let's not pretend. Let's be real and say, yeah, that happened. That was, oh, I didn't enjoy that. I don't know where God was when that happened. Well, that's okay. And let's get things into perspectives. Things that are big, the first group, okay, wow, they're big issues. Seek help. If, you, if you're struggling with one of those issues, keep struggling. Be like David. Tell God how you feel. Why, God? Where, where were you? Seek help from somebody, perhaps, who can talk and pray with you. If you're struggling with one of the regional airfields, get over yourself. <laughs> let's pray. Lord, Thank you that our life is hid with Christ in God. One day we will see the fullness of that. Not yet. But thank you that one day we look forward to glory. This morning we want to praise you. We want to thank you that you saved us. Help us, Lord, to get things into perspective. Help us, Lord, to set our hearts and our minds on things above because that's where the roots of our life is and will be forever. We thank you for all that you said to us this morning. We thank you for the example of David. Thank you that despite desperate times, thank you that despite the fact that he felt that you left him, that he was just abused and he was just ridiculed, Lord, there was pain in his life, yet he determined that you were his God and he made sure everybody knew it. Help us, Lord, to have that determination with Job as well. That whatever happens, I will still trust him. Lord, that glorifies you. We don't find it easy, but we pray for your help. So be with us now, Lord. May we just walk in fellowship and newness of life together. Be with Pastor John uh, in the church where he's preaching. May he just bring your word of encouragement and inspiration and challenge uh, and life. And may we this day just walk in fellowship with you and one another. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 They are early lunch. You're dismissed.